Alright everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Ugh, wow, this is... it's pretty bad, <laughs> I won't lie. Uh, to be fair, basically every Resident Evil plot is, you know, a B-movie at best, so what are you going to do? Um, for those of you who don't know what Resident Evil is, um... I'm actually not sure where you stay on that, because the series is kind of popular, but, like, it's also the kind of thing, if you don't play video games, you probably don't know anything about. So, uh, it's a group of, it's a spinoff of a series of survival horror games based around the idea of an evil pharmaceutical company creating a bioweapon that turns people into zombies. Uh, so, basically, zombie outbreak in a city, Res Raccoon City, the first three games are set, believe are set there. Um, and then there's the fourth game, which is the only one, which is one of the only ones I've played, um... Which is, has one of the protagonists from the second game going to save the president's daughter, and that actually comes up in the movie. They, like, mention it offhandedly. Apparently this is set between four and five, from what I understand, and it's canon. Uh, like, that matters, if that matters to you. Uh, it's not exactly a great movie, so, or, uh, it's a show. Like, it's basically a movie. Okay, I need to get this off the chest first. This is a four-episode TV show. Why isn't this just a movie? No, 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 I'm, I'm genuinely asking. It's released on Netflix, so it's all binged at once anyway. And it's about an hour and a half long. So why didn't you just make it a movie? Like, just, just release it as a Netflix movie instead of a TV show. What, what do you get by making this a TV show? Do you get to excuse a lower, lower budget? Like, if that's the case, the, the animation is definitely really shaky. This is some of the uncanniest CGI you will ever see. <laughs> like, it is unnervingly, it's, it's distractingly uncanny. Like, it, 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 it's just good enough at times to make you question, oh wow, that's really realistic. And then every, and then the second you start thinking that, it just shifts in your mind and you're like, oh wow, this is really bad. And if it's anyone other than a character you're gonna see at least three times, they're going to not have any compositing done. They're just literally just like a slapped in model, like glossy sheen. It, it is, Anyone who is not meant to be there long term is not going to look good at all. I've seen anime with better with better CG, uh, though anime have been improving on that in recent years. But uh, so this I think this technically qualifies as anime too because it's Japanese because the whole Resident Evil series is a Japanese series. Well, I guess it was before Konami decided to you know it, it's Konami. You know, back when they made video games. Like, are we allowed to say that now because they've released a few Resident Evil games? I guess you know. Oh. Anyway, this isn't a video game episode, it's um, you know, Netflix show episode, I guess. It's a movie, like, I, I feel really annoyed calling this show, I'm just gonna call it a movie, because, like, you could just slap all these episodes together and just have it be a movie, there's no reason this is a TV show. None at all. Um, anyway, the whole plot is that, uh, it focuses on, like, what a lot of Resident Evil uh, movies I've seen focus on. It focuses on Claire and Leon. Uh, Leon Kennedy is the, in the first, in the second game, um, he was a down as luck police officer, uh, or a new police officer, a new hire, who was in, who was late to work and, uh, managed to avoid the infection in the police station. So he, he and Claire Redfield, who was investigating, uh, one of the player characters from the first Resident Evil, who investigated the spooky mansion on the outskirts of town before the virus spread to the city. Uh, they end up surviving Raccoon City after it gets nuked by the government so the virus doesn't spread. Uh, and he ends up going on to, like, rescue the president's daughter from a bunch of other bioweapons. Uh, specifically these, like, parasitic insect things that were being injected into a bunch of cultists in some rural place in Spain, I think. Um, 
And thank goodness Ashley isn't there because she was just annoying in that game. Leon, help! Was like 90% of her lines. And it's really annoying. Look it up. Look, You can look it up if you want. Uh, but yeah, so you don't deal with Ashley again. Good. Downside, there's just not much to say about this thing. Like, I... Like, I scheduled this out to be reviewed today, and I just, like, I'm not finding that much to talk about. It's a, it's a classic Resident Evil plot. So, there's some shady, some shady bioweapon stuff went down a few years ago in some Civil War country. Okay, smacking a bit of Resident Evil 5 right there. Um, and the government ended up nuking the place to, you know, prevent an infection from spreading. Apparently, it was a test of the Umbrella Corporation. Okay, a bit prequely. All right. Um, let's see here. One of the U.S. people was really gung-ho about using all these supposed uh, bioweapon attack on the U.S. Got capital. Ooh, I think that's what happened in the last part of Resin- uh, the last two Resident Evil movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's trying to, you know, leverage it so the U.S. will go to war with China or put stricter sanctions. And he's so obviously the villain that, like, you won't even suspect anyone else. Uh, good because he is. <laughs> I, I feel I don't feel bad about spoiling this at all. Full spoiler from here on out, people, because you just, missing this will not haunt you. I promise you. You will not be regretting this to your dying day. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, this is, this is turning fun. So, focusing on Leon and these two other secret agent, uh, secret service people, one of them is named Jason, the other is May, I believe is her name. Um, and he's like the hero of that place where all the, you know, old bioweapon stuff went down. Uh, he apparently was, like, one of the only survivors along with his squad. They obviously saw what happened, because Claire was doing communitarian aid there and found out that their bioweapons had been used there. Some kid had survived the whole thing, and the drawings were, like, literally triggering her PTSD. So she's like, yeah, this kid saw something. Uh, she tries to go, you know, confront the, uh, weird military guy about it. Meanwhile, Leon is going to, uh you know, go on some secret mission to spy on the Chinese to see if they're really doing all the stuff. On the way, there are these zombie rats that infest the uh, submarine, which actually is probably the coolest part of the whole series. Uh, series. It, or movie, or whatever, uh, is where the rats are, because at first it looks like, okay, so it's just one rat that, like, you know, killed them all. Okay, it's a zombie rat, a single bite, you know, it can do some damage. It's really mutating, has a lot of fangs and stuff. All right. But then, after Leon kills it, you're like, okay, so Leon got it. Uh, but the other two are obviously doing shady stuff behind him. They're about to double-cross him. Because, again, Resident Evil has to have at least, like, four double-crosses or it's not a Resident Evil thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, Leon is about, like, about to, you know, look at them and he sees all the bodies. And he sees them starting to move, bulging from the inside. It's like, oh, there's a huge horde of rats. Uh, they, you know, him and the two people who he didn't doesn't know have actually betrayed the whole ship and done all this managed to escape. Uh, and it turns out they're trying to expose the conspiracy, or at least May is. Jason is like, I want the whole world to burn now, and is going on a bioweapon fuel rampage because he was infected with the T-virus, or whatever version of the T-virus they were fighting back there, uh, but it's been getting a suppressant from the shady military guy. Meanwhile, Claire goes to track down, you know, the old squadron because she's getting suspicious about the people that made it out and what they might have seen, finds out all but two of them have committed suicide. She goes to spot, you know, Jason and one other guy. She goes to find that last other guy and finds he's taking a shotgun to his head, finds a lot of vials of what it, what she thinks might be some kind of biological agent, turns out it's a suppressant for whatever virus they're infected with. I think it's a variant of the T-virus, I'm not entirely sure. Um, and so apparently the main plot, as it all turns out, is that 
the uh, Secretary of Defense or whatever was using the virus to create super soldiers. But the benefit is they need the antidote or the suppressant that only he can provide. They need regular doses of it, otherwise they'll turn. So he's been using it to get this whole Black Ops squadron under his thumb back when he was just a general and use them in the mission they went on to, you know, get basically get ahead in uh, to and get to the office he was currently at. And he has, like, a massive underground laboratory that you think somebody else would have found by now? Like, apparently it's supposed to be in America, right? Like, is he just hiding it from his own government or something? Because uh, the government, the U.S. government is pretty hard anti-bioweapon, for I understand, the Resident Evil uh, movies. You know, with the whole trying to implant a bioweapon, the president's daughter thing from the fourth game probably didn't do any favors in the Raccoon City incident. Um... By the way, this isn't this isn't Umbrella Corporation. Actually, it turns out it's by Tricell. I think they were the. I heard they, from what I understand, they were the villains in the fifth game. They like took over after Umbrella went bankrupt, which I just love that that happens. Like, yeah, Umbrella got sued out of existence. Okay, okay. What's the next evil pharmaceutical corporation? <laughs> Apparently, they just have an inexhaustible supply of that universe. So yeah, that's a thing. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to inject you, Claire. It's like, oh, no, it's Jason. And he's going to freaking unleash a bioweapon event and, you know, make all the world hurt because he's been tormented all these years by this guy. And I'm like, okay, I kind of lose him there. It's like, is he just going insane or does he have PTSD or something? Like, what's what's the reasoning here? It's like, he felt fear, so he wants to make the entire world feel fear. It's like, I just don't understand his motivation at all. Um... And, of course, you know, Claire and, Red, uh, and Leon end up getting free. The other guy gets infected with the virus. And has to, now, you know, irony, he has to use the suppressants he was selling off to everyone else now. Uh, the Jason mutates into a giant monster. And he the entire facility starts collapsing. Uh, Claire starts supporting Leon by, you know, going to a control area and starting to drop crates and cranes on him. And Leon finds a rocket launcher because that's also a... You know, check it off your Resident Evil. Let's see here. A Resident Evil movie card. What, what do we have here? Uh, final, uh, final betrayal, guy mutated into a bioweapon, Edish, uh, shady military guy. Oh, it's all being backed by an evil pharmaceutical corporation. Ooh. We had a zombie outbreak in a, uh, rural country that was undergoing a civil war of some sorts. Okay. Let's take that off. Ooh, look at that. A secret underground laboratory that suddenly goes into some sort of self-destruct mode. Right as the other guy transforms into a giant mutant. Oh, and there's a rocket launcher too? That's a bingo if I've ever seen it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like, if, it almost feels like this movie is uh, the result of somebody saying, make a Resident Evil movie. And it's like, okay, here's all the pieces that we know have to go into a Resident Evil plotline. Uh, what can we add that's unique? How about the villain is, like, a U.S. soldier who's been infected with the, the virus and has PTSD and wants the whole world to burn? Okay, that's our unique idea. Let's just slap all the rest together. Uh, I do have to admit, the dialogue is probably what gets me the most, though. Like, I get it's a Japanese dub, too, but, like, I've seen Code Geass. The Japanese dubs can be amazing. I'm sorry. There's no, like... Back in the day, you could get away with saying, okay, it's a Japanese dub, what do you expect? But I'm like, I've seen Japanese dubs. I've seen the My Hero Academia dub. That's fun. Uh, you know, I've watched Code Geass. That's a really good dub. You know, being a dub, uh, being, being a Japanese anime that got dubbed into English is not an excuse for having bad writing. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, it was, there was this hilarious scene in the, uh, beginning of the movie where, I mean, the first episode where Claire was like talking to the kid that saw everything and he's like, 
Oh, ma'am, you're not going to get it. He's mute. He's mute? It's like, yes, ma'am, he's mute. He's mute, really? And I'm like, this does not sound natural at all. Like, Claire, you were just trying to talk to this, like, shell-shot kid. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, it, it was, this is bad. Like, I know Resident Evil isn't usually good. It's usually on that dumb but fun kind of line. But this isn't even, like, that fun. It just felt miserable for most of the movie. And the CG is so distractingly bad. Uh, I mean, Leon's a badass. I guess that's fun. Um, but, like, we already know he's a badass. Like, Leon is, like, that super cool secret agent. Used to be a cop. Survived anything. Uh, you know, action movie hero at this point in the series. Like, after four, he's basically that. I think he was, he was kind of just a rookie cop in the second movie, but like, by the time at four, he was like a smirking secret agent who just like, like, whenever you try to go down a ladder in, in Resident Evil 4, Leon didn't go down the ladder. He vaults off the edge and jumps down. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, you know, ladders are too safe, apparently. So it's like, he's super capable. Like, he's never a threat at all, really, in the entire movie. You know he's going to survive. You know he's going to do everything perfectly. Uh, and, like, Claire is just kind of... She has some of the worst voice acting. I'm sorry. It's really... Like, I can handle a lot of the other voice acting that's really stiff and unnatural. But Claire was just so... It felt like the old Resident Evil games. Like, it felt like that dialogue. Like, like the kind of things that gave us the lines, like, Jill Sandwich. And it's like... Oh, this isn't even, like, the campy bad, though. This is, like, it's trying to be serious, but it has all the old Resident Evil dialogue problems. Ugh. This might be the worst dubbing I've seen this year. This actually might be on my worst of the year list, because I've been thinking about doing, like, a worst of uh, various categories. Like, maybe not top ten, because I don't think I do it. I don't know. I have enough to say about a top ten, but I probably have, like, a bottom five and a top five. Um, And maybe, like an honorable mentions if I don't get one of each category that I review that year on the list. But this is going on the worst. Like I will be talking about this. If I do a top, if I do like a worst five things I've seen this year, this will be on it. Like no doubt about it. So yeah, I don't really have much more to say. Bad voice acting, bad CG and animation, really bad voice acting. Um, if you like, the voice actor for Leon Kennedy from the RE2 remake. He's the same person in this one. Like, there's really not that any reason to see this. If you want to see Resident Evil movies that are kind of more fun, there are definitely some. I mean, heck, if you want to see a live action movies, at least they don't take each other that, I mean, that seriously after the first one. Uh, even though the first one's probably one of the better ones, but like, you know, at least they embrace being like these fun, dumb movies. These, this just kind of feels, I don't know, hollow token. Like, they felt like they had to make a Resident Evil movie for some reason, I guess, since the eighth game came out, and they were just like, let's just slap this together. You know, I really need to play RE8. It'd be fun. Play every, really every fourth Resident Evil game. That would be just, that'd be just like me, wouldn't it? Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Um, if you, yeah. So, I think that's funny yet. Um, this Thursday, we're gonna be reviewing something that I, I mean, this Friday, actually, we're gonna be reviewing something that I really actually like. I know, such a change from everything else. Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely a, a, a you know, pick me up after this. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to be reviewing a book called Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. She did the Temeraire series. I love that book. Uh, just got finished with it the other day and 
oh, it's one of the best things I've listened to slash read all year, and I can't wait to talk about it, you guys. Um, after that, next Tuesday, I'm going to be, well, that Friday, I'm going to also see The Green Knight. Um, so I will definitely tell you how that turns out, even though I have very little hope for it, so we'll probably get another bad movie because, uh... Spoiler alert, they're trying to take Gwen. It looks like from the trailers, it looks like they're trying to take Gwen and the Green Knight seriously. And for those of you who don't know about that story, it's the King Arthur story where Morgan Le Fay tries to get a fairy to get his head cut, get his head, an immortal fairy to get his head cut off in front of Guinevere so she dies of a heart attack or something. Yeah, that's the plan at the end of the movie. I mean, at the end of the show. No, not show, I'm sorry. At the end of the uh, story. That was what was revealed to have happened. It's like, and the moral of the story is that, Gwen, I know you're not as honorable or great as the other knights, but you know what? You try your best, really. And isn't that what counts? I'm not even joking. I'm not even trying to exaggerate. That's, that's, that's Gwen and the Green Knight. Like, if there was one piece of Arthurian canon, Arthurian canon that you could not take seriously and have it turn out really, really good, it was Gwen and the Green Knight. It is sitting there asking to be a comedy movie and every trailer I see of this is this very serious and somber trek to the Green Knight's place and this creepy visage as he holds up his decapitated head. And it's like, the story is a lot more like kind of lighthearted and fun. It's not really a serious adventure. The overarching line threat is dealt with really early on and the rest of the movie is more of the Green Knight just testing Gwen, finding him not worthy but respecting him for trying a lot. And I'm just looking at that story and being like, why are you turning it into this monstrosity? I, like the effects look good and it has good actors and it's written well. I'm sure I'll like it, but I just don't... I think they're twisting the story into something that's not really meant to be. Like, if you wanted a serious Arthurian story, like, there's tons of things you could do. I mean, heck, you could even do the thing, oh, fun thing for those of you who don't know a lot about Arthurian legend. Uh, there's a f- one story where Morgan Le Fay ends up just, like, stopping de- uh, doing her, like, pranks and schemes against Arthur. And everybody just assumes she dies. And then one day, Arthur just, like, stumbles upon her castle. And she's like, yeah, I kind of got over all that stuff. And I'm just trying to, you know, turn my life around. Uh, but then, uh, because she can't hold the secret anymore, she, like, reveals this massive painting that Lancelot made of his and Guinevere's affair, because Lancelot's a moron self-insert fanfic character, but for those of you who don't know, I know, such a surprise. Withhold your shock that, uh, Lancelot is someone's self-inserts fanfiction character. You know, the guy who's like, I'm Arthur, but better until I start dating, uh, Guinevere, and then, you know, I'm kind of an adulterer. Uh Arthurian canon is adorable, uh, and I like it a lot. I just don't think Sir Gawain the Green Knight needs to be a serious story. So, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff you can do with Arthurian canon. I don't have my holds up, but you know what? I'm going to sit back and see the movie, see how that happens. So, yeah, those are my upcoming plans for the week, since I had time to talk about this time. Yay! Anyway, um, if you like, you could support me at my Buy Me a Coffee link in the description below. It'd really help out if you guys could donate just a dollar or two. That'd be great. You can either donate a single dollar with the buy me a coffee or you could, um, do the two dollars a month donation fee, which will get you access to our exclusive Discord channel. I'm calling it the Dragon's Library Reading Room. <laughs> uh, anyway, see you all next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. 
Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week. And you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support. Thank you.